Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast, a show that brings meaning and purpose to the fantasy season. It's our hope to help you win your league, but more importantly, we want to encourage you in your faith. Together, we'll unpack fantasy, faith, and life. Now, from his mic to your ears, here is Bryce Johnson. This is the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast, where we bring meaning and purpose to the fantasy football season. I'm Bryce Johnson. I'm not an expert, more of a fantasy coach here to encourage you and help you win and find meaning and purpose all throughout the fantasy season. I won't always be right, but I hope I'll be convincing. Today on the show, we will get into the Fantasy Football Fellowship playbook and talk about getting rejected when sending trade proposals. I'll I'll let you in on some of the trades that I've been proposing and even rejecting myself. Uh, Also, I'll, I'll let you know what I'm convinced of this week, we'll, we'll look at some of the one-hit wonders, some players that it's time to move on and let them go, uh, who to get on the waiver wire this week. But but I want to begin talking about the Tuesday night game because this is a just such a unique year and this was a unique week with Buffalo and Tennessee playing on Tuesday night. And the, the question becomes, for us as, as NFL fans, what is the best schedule for us from a viewing standpoint? And where I've landed is I think Monday night should have a doubleheader. Like to me, all throughout the season, they should have a doubleheader. I also think the 7 o'clock East Coast kickoff time is phenomenal. I absolutely love the 7 o'clock kickoff. I was able to help my wife make dinner last night. The game was on. Then I could go watch the end of the game. The game wasn't very good, so that wasn't the point. But it was available to me, and then it was over right around 10 o'clock. Perfect. Time for bed. Actually, I was probably up a little later than that. But nonetheless, that, that sets us up really nicely. So I, 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 like, I liked the Tuesday night. It was fine. I just don't think from a schedule standpoint it's doable uh, you know, throughout the season. And, and, but maybe you throw in a couple special Tuesday nighters where two teams are coming off a bye. I think that's doable. You know, I used to not like the Thursday night games, but I, I've, this year they've been great, actually. So I've, I've come around on the Thursday games a little bit. But, uh, but yeah, that was, that was wild to have a Tuesday night game. And then how about the Tennessee Titans? Woo! That, I mean, that was impressive. The one thing I'm convinced of off the top Ryan Tannehill is still underrated, and we're not valuing him as that fantasy quarterback, I think, the way that we should. I think this continues, and I'll talk about A.J. Brown in just a little bit, but that Tennessee game was impressive. And even Derrick Henry is sort of undervalued a little bit as well. And just the Titans overall, we just kind of write them off. We think, eh, they're an 8-8 team. This is a tough team. They were in the playoffs last year. They won some games in the playoffs. They, they beat New England last year, so th- this is a, a legit team that, that really rolled it back. They rolled it back from a successful year. So, all right, let's jump in, though, uh, to fantasy football, and if you haven't uh, gotten the Fantasy Football Fellowship playbook yet, it's not too late. You can go to fantasyfootballfellowship.com. 
Also, if you're ever interested in joining our Thursday Fantasy Football Fellowship video calls, uh, we do this with two of our leagues that, that, that we have through Unpacking It and through Fantasy Football Fellowship. But if you'd like to come and check it out, be our guest, uh, the invitation is open to you. Just shoot me an email, fantasy at unpackingit.com. I like to begin by holding myself accountable. You hold me accountable. Let you know some of the players that I, I whiffed on and, and just you know kind of blew it, uh, at least this past week. And I, I have to start with two guys that I really liked, and they're now fizzling out. Scotty Miller, big goose egg for Tampa Bay last week. Even though Chris Godwin was out, I, I can't figure it out. I, I guess he was a little banged up, but the week before, Brady was finding him. And then you know, I was all excited about him. I picked him up on my team. Nothing. Thankfully, I didn't start him. But still, that was disappointing. And then Mo Cox, the Indianapolis Colts, they've got too many tight ends now. Trey Burton's back in the mix, and, and he's a talented player. And uh, now Mo Cox, you know, the, the, the streak that he had of getting into the end zone ended. And I'm not sure he did anything. I, th- I think he got close to a zero uh, as well. So I have him on two rosters. I- I'm most likely going to have to move on from him. You know, may keep an eye on him at some point later in the year, but I, I liked the the story and the possibility of him with the Colts, but it just hasn't uh, maybe panned out as much as I I had hoped. Uh, I also I whiffed on Robert Tanyan, the tight end for the Packers, and what happened was I, I thought he was a one hit wonder. So we do the segment on here, one hit wonder, and I whiffed on that, and I actually believe. It's going to continue for him. I think he's going to play well. He had a bye last week, but I, I think the the Packers need uh, another weapon, and hopefully they get uh, De- uh, Devonte Adams back. But but in that passing game, you know they're they're looking for guys. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is finding guys. It's been awesome, but he needs somebody he can count on it and consistent, be consistent. I think Tanyan could be that. So I was wrong, and I regret not not picking him up because I, I I missed out on him for sure. Uh, and then one other guy. So last week, I totally said, get rid of Giants players. Sell, sell, sell. I do stand by it. However, if you listen to me say, you know, get rid of Darius Slayton, maybe a little frustrated because he did have eight receptions, 129 yards against the Cowboys. The key is, it was against the Cowboys. Everybody puts up big numbers against the Cowboys. So, I'm I'm still selling the Giants offense. I don't want the, any player on the Giants. They may have good games here or there, but over the course of the rest of the season, I'm out. And so, all right, I'll hold myself accountable for, for Slayton last week, but moving forward, I stand by what I said last week. All right, speaking of what I said recently, whew, the Steelers. I was high on the Steelers coming into the year. Big Ben on two of my rosters. Get this, I looked it up. I think this is this is it's close to, to being correct. I think he's only one of five quarterbacks with twenty or more fantasy points. There may be six, but let's say five quarterbacks with twenty or more fantasy points every single week they've played. Lamar Jackson doesn't fit into that category. And and a couple other guys that, that are surprising that even Gardner Minshew, you know, guys that, that have been pretty good this year have had some some real goose eggs or just awful games where they they underachieved whereas big ben week in week out has been over 20 points it's nice to have that reliability no he's probably not going to score 50 like mahomes is capable of doing 
or even like Lamar Jackson is capable of doing. He'll have those really high highs, but it's great to have a quarterback with a high floor and and just you, you can count on, all right, 20 to 28 points every week from Big Ben, and that Steelers offense continues to click. Now we saw the emergence of Chase Claypool. He was a guy, I, I, I'm pretty sure I said it on the show, it was in my notes, so I checked my notes. He was a guy that I had a few weeks ago on the waiver wire to keep an eye on. And, and so if you, if you snagged him a couple weeks ago, you're loving life uh, because he, he, he looked really good for the Steelers. And I, I believe that will continue. I really do. You just want Steelers receivers. Even though Juju isn't as good as we, we had hoped, he's still in a great offense and, and he'll have some strong weeks, no question about it. I was also high on Adam Thielen coming into the season and, and remained at, at peace uh, a couple weeks ago when he had an off game. And, and he has rewarded fantasy owners for uh, just being patient with him because uh, he's, he's unbelievable. He's playing as well as any receiver right now. Also, going into the year, one of my convinced uh, statements was Jamison Crowder will be the lone fantasy bright spot for the Jets this year. And I, I said that either before or maybe week one or two. Um, and, and he has been tremendous. The Jets stink. They get rid of Le'Veon Bell. But Crowder, finally, I finally saw a ranking where he was ranked 12th this week, and I've been starting him as my wide receiver too, loving life when he's healthy. And, and so he, he's been excellent for me. I, I'm telling you, I'm not high on Julio Jones or Kenyon Drake. I love Chase Edmonds, and, and last week Edmonds was great. Um, Julio, it, it, it's panic time for him. I, I, I told you last week, and I'm sticking by that. The injuries, Atlanta's struggling. We'll see if... The, the, the challenge for me is I actually believe Raheem Morris will turn things around for Atlanta, but will that mean Julio is a part of that? I, I'm not so sure. But with the struggles of, of the offense recently, um, or I guess at least against the Panthers, I mean, it was, it was tough. And then Julio wasn't out there. We don't know, you know exactly how serious the, the injury is keep up with the you know the latest news on injuries I, I don't like to, on a podcast it's hard to talk about injuries because things are changing so much but anyway uh I'm, I'm, I'm out on on Julio as well and so yeah Atlanta oh I mean they're just a big question mark at this point because we, we've seen the the really high highs early in the year they were putting up monster numbers and if you had any of those players you're you're feeling good about things but now it's just a dark cloud over them a lot of uncertainty I guess it would be an opportunity to buy low, but I really only want Calvin Ridley. And, and maybe Matt Ryan on the cheap. Russell Gage is kind of on the down. Uh, he's been banged up. Uh, and then Julio. So And then Gurley. Man, I, I said sell Gurley last week. I stand by that. I think he had another big game. You still want to sell him. I just don't think he can do it for the whole season. I, I just can't trust him. I really can't. So Atlanta, yeah, you could talk yourself into – back and forth on them but I, I I'm probably not going to target too many of them to go get in a, in a trade or something like that speaking of trades let's get to some personal fantasy shenanigans from the week and I, I mentioned last week how I'm, I'm loaded at running back I have seven running backs that are, are pretty legit pretty legit contributors you know uh Naheem Hines has been a little bit of a disappointment and Devin Singletary was not great last night. Um, but overall, I've got Zeke, I've got James Robinson, James White, Ronald Jones has been awesome. Daryl Henderson, I still believe in. 
And, and so last week I was trying to trade a couple of those guys to get either DeAndre Hopkins or Cooper Cup. However, I wasn't willing to give up three running backs to get DeAndre Hopkins, and I turned down that trade, and I feel good about it because I'm going to stand by the philosophy of depth, depth, depth. you got to have depth this season. And I think that the fantasy owners that are going to win championships this year will be the ones that have the deepest roster. It won't even necessarily be the team that has the most superstars or the team that you know drafted the, the biggest named players. It's going to be, of course, who's healthy. And so because of that, it's all about depth because you're going to lose a top player. Dalvin Cook down. Now Melvin Gordon out. You know, all these different guys, uh, it's one thing after another. There's just so much uncertainty. So you want to be able to plug in as many guys. So my encouragement to you today is if you have a star, especially if he's coming off a big game, and you could go out and turn a star wide receiver into a solid running back and a solid wide receiver. Not, not, I'm not talking about bench guys. I'm talking about legit starters that somebody would be, ooh, yeah, I want to. I want to do a two-for-one deal. Because normally, in a normal season, you want to load up. if You can if you, you want to be on the receiving end of getting the best player. So normally, I'm trying to package two guys to go get one good guy. This year, I'm doing, I'm doing the opposite. And really, I, I built my team that way anyway to have depth. And so I'm riding it out. I'm going to stick with it. Uh, so anyway, that's, that's my philosophy. So I, I, I'm, I'm standing pat. I turned down a deal for DeAndre Hopkins, which was... Ronald Jones, Devin Singletary, James White, and Jamison Crowder. So he would have thrown in Bridgewater and Hardman, but it just wasn't enough for me. I, I couldn't take that, that leap. Um, one other uh, shenanigan from the week. I lost by .8 to a guy who had Kamara and Hunter Henry on Monday night, and I put up the second most points of the week uh, and lost to the guy who put up the most. So that was very frustrating. And then, really, the Chargers played so well, and I'm the Chargers in our FFF32 league, and I lost. Uh, and really, the reason I lost is because Keenan Allen went down. That was, that was costly early in that game. Let's move on to what I'm convinced of. A couple quick ones. I'm convinced Zeke Elliott will be the best running back the rest of the way. I, I'm also convinced picking up Andy Dalton off waivers is a great decision, and he won't put up what Dak did. I don't think he'll throw as much, but this offense in Dallas is still legit they're awesome and Zeke is going to get more carries at least that's what I'm hoping that's what I'm convinced of they they need to they should um even Tony Pollard is a good running back selfishly I wish Zeke would get more carries but Pollard can run the ball he's talented and they'll they'll set up Andy Dalton for success I'm also convinced the Carolina Panthers offense is the real deal and if you can go get CMC go get him because I think fantasy owners are, are I, I think the Panthers will use Mike Davis the rest of the way and, and maybe take some carries away from Christian McCaffrey. But you want CMC. This offense with Joe Brady calling it and Teddy Bridgewater back there. Man, Robbie Anderson is lighting it up. What a steal he was in fantasy drafts. DJ Moore bounced back last week. They do have Chicago. So I would recommend getting all these players after the Panthers struggle a little bit against Chicago. That's a tough defense, and, and they, their games are always a little sloppy and just it's Chicago football. Um, but after that, yeah, it, it opens up. Panthers get the Saints, the Falcons again. 
it, there, there, are, there are some great fantasy weeks ahead for the Panthers. I'm also convinced the Colts' offense has to get better. It, it just has to. And, and whether Phillip Rivers, things finally click for him, or they go to Jacoby Brissett, this, they, can't, they can't keep floundering this way. I, I think they're too good. T.Y. Hilton's too good. I mentioned all the tight ends earlier. Jonathan Taylor, I think, has only scratched the surface for what he's capable of. But the Colts have just been in these ugly games, low-scoring games. That's got to open up. So I'm not willing to panic just yet. I'm convinced it's going to turn around. Lastly, I'm convinced that A.J. Brown with the Titans, D.K. Metcalf with the Seahawks, both of them are the next great wide receivers in this league, in fantasy. They're, they're replacing A.J. Green, Julio Jones. Those guys are out, and those two are in. I am all in on Brown and Metcalf. I love their... Their style, just the, 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 the body makeup that they have for, for being a wide receiver. They're just strong and tough and reliable uh, once they're out there. A.J. Brown, some injuries. I'll, I'll give you that. So maybe not as reliable. But once he's out there, he is reliable. He's awesome. And, and, and Tannehill finds them, and, and they've got a nice you know, one-two combination. Same with Wilson and Metcalf. Uh, really, really high on both those guys. Let's get to some one-hit wonders. All right, I got to throw you a music one-hit wonder. How about EMF? Do you know what song they have? EMF. You're unbelievable. Oh, da-da-da-da-da. You love it. You know it. You're unbelievable. So that's your one-hit wonder of the week. How about in fantasy? Rashard Higgins with the Browns. Three receptions, 31 yards, and one touchdown. He's not going to do it again. I'm sorry. You got OBJ. You got Jarvis Landry. You got Austin Hooper. You're running the ball well. It was a nice game for Higgins. He got into the end zone. Don't expect that to continue. Don't rush to get him off waivers. With the Dolphins, another one-hit wonder. Adam Shaheen? Shaheen? I'm whiffing on him. Uh, One reception, three yards, and a touchdown. That's a one-hit wonder. Sorry, Adam Shaheen. Shaheen. I don't think that's happening again. But I was also wrong on Tanyan, so you never know. <laughs> but those are, those are the one-hit wonders for the week. A couple guys that we have to move on from. we got to let them go. I hate goodbyes. Three running backs that I, I normally love to have on my roster, but we just can't justify a roster spot for them anymore. Carryon Johnson, Matt Breida, and Chris Thompson. The, the volume isn't there. The production isn't there. The opportunity isn't there. It's just not happening for those three guys. However, I would keep my eye on them. They're still guys that have shown in the past that they have talent and they can contribute. It's just not happening right now. So, so you got to move on and, and get guys that are actually producing in the moment because they're, they're all backup. You know, they're guys on your bench anyway, but y- you'd probably be better off taking a shot with someone else. Um, and then I also want to add Wayne Gallman. Maybe there was hope that he'd come in for Saquon Barkley and, and, and do more. But like I said earlier with the Giants, I'm selling the Giants. And, you know, Freeman did okay last week. But uh, either way, him or Gallman, they're not going to have big fantasy years. And especially for Gallman, it's just, yeah, it's not happening. Let's get to the waiver wire, though. Who, who is doing well? Who, who should we get? Who should we go after? 
I watched the Eagles game with an Eagles fan, or I was watching Red Zone, and this Travis Fulkin, the wide receiver for the Eagles, I'm buying him. I think he's the real deal. I want him. I want to go get him. The Eagles need a receiver. They're looking for anybody who's going to step up, and, and Fulgham was the guy and, and, and looked really, really talented. So go get him if you can. And then also, I picked up Christian Kirk this week go, you know, going into uh, week five, and he played very well. You know, he got double-digit fantasy points on my bench, but I like the possibility of him moving forward, playing on the opposite side of DeAndre Hopkins. That offense, if they, if they actually uh, go with my boy Edmonds, I think that offense will be even better, open up things for another, uh, you know, just more weapons to, to contribute, and I think Kirk will be the beneficiary of that. He was the number one guy in Arizona last year. You know, Fitzgerald's always been there, but even with Hopkins there, I think there's, there, there's enough to go around for Kirk. All right, real quickly, we'll go to our bounce-back candidates. What happened to George Kittle? We were all excited about a huge week, and then he let us down. He'll be back. I don't know what they're going to do at quarterback but I trust that Kittle will bounce back. And then Le'Veon Bell. I think he's going to go somewhere and, and bounce back for fantasy owners. My guess is most, most fantasy owners have held on to Bell, and they're wondering what to do. You know, I, mean, I don't think you've released him yet. I don't. Maybe a few people traded for him with the anticipation that he would get traded because there were some rumblings about that, which I, I considered but didn't do it. But now I kind of wish I did because I, if he ends up in Chicago or Seattle or Kansas City, those are some of the names I was reading. Those would be good options. With the Chargers, I don't think that's the right fit. He, Le'Veon's got to go to a really good team in order to just keep him in line and motivated. And even if he's not the number one guy, but he's a one-two punch somewhere with the possibility of the, the starter get going down, Bell, Bell's still got a little left. He, he's a little annoying, and it's unfortunate it didn't work out with the Jets, but maybe that's more on the Jets, right? That, that could be the case there. So uh, I, I'd keep my eye on, on Bell for, for being a bounce-back guy. Uh, quick piece or panic. If I'm a Dalvin Cook owner, I'm panicking. He has an injury history. He, he is um, he's just a guy who's unbelievable when he's out there, but with Alexander Madison being as good as he is as his backup, the Vikings don't need to rush Cook back. And, and I think once Madison gets out there and gets you know, even more opportunities, I just think, I think it's, it's bad news for Cook. And, and the Vikings, you know, what is the season going to look like for them? Even though I'm high on Thielen, sometimes receivers on a bad team are, are still good. Um, and Cook has been great. Don't get me wrong. He's been great. But the injuries, it just makes me nervous. It makes me panic. Um, and then with Melvin Gordon in Denver, uh, I, I just I wasn't real high on him going into the year. Drew Locke's supposed to be coming back, and so Denver will be a little bit better, but they're still not good enough. And then Gordon got a, a DUI. It's just not great. That's not it's not a guy you can rely on. So that's uh, that's not a good thing. And, and, and so I would be panicking whether Gordon's got his head in the game, whether he can keep things going in Denver. Does Denver just move on from him, release him? I mean, a lot of things are on the table. I think. Uh, does he get suspended? You know, there's just issues there for, to cause panic. No question about it. All right, so those are my thoughts on fantasy football this week and, and each week here on the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast. We wrap things up with a, a topic from the playbook. So hopefully you have the playbook and you've ordered it uh, off of Amazon or, or Fantasy Football Fellowship 
Rockauto.com. And this week, it's all about rejection. And, and I, I love to, to attempt to make trades, and I, I love getting trades sent to me in fantasy. But oftentimes, and I would say more often than not, they get rejected. And early in the year, I was sending out a bunch of trades that were getting rejected, and I valued guys or players more than other guys did. And, and so they missed out, honestly. Some of those trades, they pro- those guys probably regret uh, rejecting. But, but we understand what it's like to, to put ourselves out there and send a trade and spend the time to say, okay, these two guys for these three guys or these two guys and this, this one player for these two, and you do the research, and then you send it, and you, you think, oh, man, if this deal comes through, then I'm going to have these starting wide receivers, I'll have these starting running backs, and I'm going to be in good shape. I'll, I'll be prepared for my bye week. And then the email comes through, the notification comes through, and it says, the trade you proposed has been rejected. And it's just a bummer. It's like, ah, oh, man, I wanted that deal to go through. And then you text your buddy and you go, why did you reject it? Or what, you know, what's going on? And we got to make something work. And he's like, nah, I don't want your players. Your guys stink and forget about it. So, so we, we understand the, the, the feelings and the emotions of being rejected in fantasy. The reality is we also know what it's like in real life. And, and it hurts a, a lot more. And, and it's, it's tough. It's tough to put ourselves out there to apply for a job and get rejected. During our dating years, you ask a girl out, you get rejected. You want to, you know, uh, you think the relationship is going better than it is and she breaks up with you and it's a, it's a rejection. Um, the list goes on and on of moments in our lives we can look back where we've been rejected. For me, I always got rejected with the ladies, and I also was cut from the football team in middle school, which was brutal. Uh, which then I got injured in basketball and didn't make the basketball team, and so I've experienced rejection. And and now in my day to day life, we here at Unpacking It Fantasy Football Fellowship, we, we're a ministry, so we rely on donations. We rely on on people choosing to listen to the podcast or. Uh, you know, donate, follow us on on Twitter, uh, sign up for our email devotional. And when people don't, or when they unsubscribe, or when they don't give, I, I have to wrestle with the rejection that comes from that. And, and and most people don't mean it to be personal, or they're not being hurtful toward me, or or anything like that. But it, it can feel like rejection, and and it can be difficult at times. Um. But the encouragement for us today is how are we going to respond to the rejection? And, and what, you know, when it comes to our faith, where can we find hope uh, to keep going and to use the rejection as motivation, as a wake-up call, as a, a, a chance to reevaluate things, and, and ultimately an opportunity to cling more to Jesus? to put our hope and faith and trust in Him. Because when the world rejects us, when individuals reject us, we know that when we receive the love and grace of Jesus, He offers that to us freely. And He, and he's, he's, he, he wants us, He loves us, He desires for us to be in His family. Uh, and so we've been accepted by Him. And, and so, and it's all because of his, his work on the cross. And, and so it's just incredible 
what we have available to us. And so uh, let's go to the playbook. And, and so the, I asked this question, what if we decide not to be derailed by the rejection, but we see it as protection from someone or something? And what if we choose to accept that another yes at another time is actually better for us? And I know I can think back even to the trades that I was contemplating last week. I'm glad they were rejected, and I'm glad that I rejected some of them. Uh, Jamison Crowder had a huge day. Ronald Jones had a huge day, and I was about to trade those guys. And, and so we can look back and, and be thankful for some of the, the rejection that we went through because it made us stronger or it protected us or it set us up for something even better. And then going back to just our, our faith, and, and, and when our faith in Jesus uh, is at the forefront, it, it allows us to remain hopeful and rest in the truth that we are wanted, chosen, and accepted by the ultimate king, the creator of the universe. So who cares if some you know, boss rejects us? There's another job for us. I know it's hard. I know it's painful in the moment. But the king of the universe, the creator, loves us and accepts us. And so even when we face rejection in our lives, we can handle it with peace because of the thankfulness and blessings that come from being one of God's children. So that's the team we're on. That's the family that we're in. So the Bible tells us in Ephesians, all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God, desi- God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. So he chose us to be in Christ. It's incredible. So now because we've given our lives, we've surrendered, we've received the free gift of salvation, we are in Christ. And, and we are now seen through that lens. And, and so we are seen as accepted and holy and, and, and able to spend eternity with God, the God of the universe, who invites us in. He doesn't reject us. He invites us in uh, when, when we you know, put ourselves out there and, and embrace what, what has been made available to us. And, and so it's, it's incredible. It really is. So I hope that we can find encouragement in that, even when we, we get rejected from the world, um, that we, we run to, to, to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Man. So that's our, uh, that's our encouragement for today from the Fantasy Football Fellowship Playbook. Thanks for joining me here on the podcast. Uh, always love being with you. Love talking fantasy football and, and love hearing from you. So send me an email, fantasy at unpackingit.com. Let me know some players or questions you want me to bring up here on the show, and we'll try to do it. As always, I, I wrap it up by saying I'm Bryce Johnson, and I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected, and through faith, I have been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well, and I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans and fantasy owners who follow Jesus together. Have a great rest of your day. We'll talk to you next week right here on the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast. <laughs>